0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last make every tap music to your ears. With the
1: Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited two percent cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and two percent cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem so if you're 21 and older consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the black buffalo herd head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more you can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country black buffalo tobacco alternative bold flavor full pouches What is going on everybody, John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Thursday afternoon, I'm recording this a little bit before 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. A week from the day, the draft would be an hour away. So we are coming down the home stretch of the draft, and I can't wait. I, I don't know about you, I'm a little drafted out. And I talked to some of my buddies in the NFL, I know they feel the same way. It's different for them. You just read so many mock drafts, and you see so many Twitter experts, and that's all I am nowadays. That just have my opinions. That you know, not watching the amount of tape that they are, and and you just then your general manager goes, "Well, I just read a mock, and this guy's now mocked at the end of the first round, and you have a third round grade on him." It's just the draft can't get here soon enough for those in the NFL. For thus, for those of us that talk about the NFL, I know everyone listening that are fans of the NFL or college football. It really is a great event, and uh, you know I, I I was one to say, and I listen, I'll take the L on this one. That I was a little surprised they didn't move free agency back and the draft, but I'm going to dive into right now where you know it's, it's pretty clear they they shouldn't have moved the draft back, and I, I think a lot of general managers. I watched a lot of press quote unquote press conferences over the last 48 hours, guys doing zooms, Brett Veach, Howie Roseman, Thomas Dimitrov. I mean, all these guys, Mike Mayock Listen to his conference call, and, and I, I think it's going to be okay. Uh, around the NFL, we're going to shoot into a bunch of different stories that have come out over the last three or four days. Just kind of hammer my opinion on each one from from the Falcons trading up to the Odell Beckham fake news to Glazer's report to a bunch of different stuff. Dak Prescott might skip, not might, is going to skip the virtual offseason. Uh, and then, of course, Middlecoff mailbag at John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. Same as my Twitter handle. Direct messages wide open. Answer your questions here on the show. Slide up in those DMs. Leave a question, whatever you want, and, and I will answer it here. Uh, you know, we're quarantined, so we, we got time fire in there. Uh, and I also want to thank everyone that have left a, a review. If you like the show, go to the three and out uh, Apple you know, podcast home and just leave an Apple review. Greatly appreciated. I know a lot of you that have, I salute you. I'm giving you a salute right now virtually, uh, kind of like the GMs. So let's dive into the GMs. Listen, we're all having our ups and downs. I, I try, I, I actively try, and I did this before the corona ever hit. I can be, naturally, I would say the majority, like in my 20s, and even early, I'm 35 now, the first couple years of my 30s, my natural reaction can be a little, just to be negative. It can always be negative, and it's something you get hammered home when you're a scout, like be a glass-half-full guy, not a glass-half-empty guy. But listen, you know, my dad, businessman, I had said that he'd, he would have skewed on the negative end, and it's just it's something that just kind of comes naturally to me. And as I've gotten older and wiser, and I think a lot of people can relate— uh, I try to actively be more positive. And I'm not saying I'm just a negative person even 10 years ago. But my first reaction would tend to be, no, or that's not going to work. And I, I've really tried to change that around. It, it takes time. And listen, in the middle of corona, I've been one to say, keep your spirits up during corona, be positive, but it's hard. I, I completely understand. I talked to a good buddy today who runs a small business who said they just took out a pretty big six-figure loan and while it's great, you know, playing 1% interest on, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, he's like, we do have to pay that back in a year. You know, I, it's it's kind of a scary situation just to try to stay afloat. He said, without the loan, we're done. I'm sure many of you that either that run these small businesses, that know people in small businesses, what everyone's feeling all around the country, and we all ebb and flow. I, the reality is I don't do that much anyway. Like, I, I spend a lot of time in my office naturally I watch games for a living. I thrive inside. But listen, I have a routine. I like doing... I go to the gym at specific times, Monday, basically through Sunday. I definitely, in the summer, I like to play golf. I even like to run outside. I try to do that. It's a little cold. you know. That's why those California guys are a little softer. I tried to go for a morning run. It was like 55 degrees. I'm like, shit, no wonder Derek Carr's bad in the cold. I mean, this is freezing. And it's 55 degrees. We're just... We're spoiled around here. But... I did understand when all the GMs, when it said, listen, we're going to do the draft. And it was clear that n- no one was going to be able to use the draft rooms. Everyone was like, this is bullshit. Like I, I was like, I, I get that. Because my first reaction was, yeah, this is kind of BS. They, this is, this is going to be really difficult. And then a couple weeks have gone by, and I've used Zoom for interviews. I'm sure many of you have used Zoom for your conference calls or whatever, and you realize, you know what? It's actually not that hard. And then you realize... Well, everything is digital now, and if it's not, you could just order a whiteboard if you want, a couple whiteboards off Amazon. I I have a whiteboard standing right next to me right now. I'm just a nobody. Ordered one off Amazon, I use it all the time. And the access these guys have... And one thing I consistently saw when I listened to a podcast the other day with Thomas Dimitrov at his house talking to Peter King, he was in great spirits. He's like, yeah, we're going to be fine. Watching Howie Roseman today, he's like, yeah, we figured it out. Things have been going good. Talking to all my buddies... You know, that are zooming in with their whoever, general manager, their scouts or assistant scouting directors or whatever, they're like, yes, it hasn't been that bad. We figured it out. Because you know what most high-level people do in any business or in any situation? They adapt to their surroundings. That's why they're high-level. Now, these are way less than ideal for everyone involved, but we're figuring it out. And the faster you can get yourself into, you know what, this isn't that bad type mindset, the easier it's going to be to function. And I think the majority of the NFL, maybe not Belichick, is in pretty good spirits right now and feels... I listened to this conference call from Mike Mayock, and he's like, you know what? I got three whiteboards with over 1,000 magnets. I feel like I got the draft room right right in my home office. I feel like I'm ready to go. I'm sure many of you saw that Tom Telesco picture where he had 10 computer screens. I actually thought it was a little bit of a fraud move. And then I had a scouting buddy text me. He's like, actually, I got secondary screens and iPads and Microsoft services. That's pretty normal. Because I defended there was a picture of Gettleman where Gettleman had his computer where he was either sending emails or watching tape. And then he had multiple binders. I know for me, I, I can see right now out of the corner of my eye four different binders. I'm a big binder guy. I write everything down. Now, I could easily, I got multiple iPads. I could put it in an iPad situation. I don't. I'm just more comfortable doing that. Am I a little bit living like it's 2002? Maybe, but I, I do understand people being comfortable with taking notes differently. Now, you do have to, there's only one way to watch the tape. You got to do it through a computer. You got to do it through an iPad. You got to connect it to your television. Like that's, but it's like you want to take notes on a Microsoft Surface or take notes in a binder. Like do whatever you want to do that's most comfortable. The reality is, who is, you know, it's not going to, Limit your ability to be prepared for the draft, and I, 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 I just not that I'm impressed because as a couple of GMs have said, like, listen, we're still getting paid. This is our job. Like, we're not going to complain. We got 22 million people officially unemployed. That number could be, you know, let's let's be honest. If you got 22 million people unemployed, you probably got. I mean, I'm just going to take an educated guess. Another five to eight that have not filed or that don't know how to file that will in the coming, you know, days or weeks. So the numbers are astronomical. A lot of people, and the the majority of those people ain't making NFL GM money. So the NFL has it pretty good. They're all, none of these guys are getting pay cuts at at least of now. Uh, These guys are able to function in their job. Now moving forward, big question marks this fall. I don't know. Like I, I, One thing I try not to do, people are like, are you watching the news? No, not really. Because I I don't control this situation. I'm just following the rules. I watch the news. It's just miserable. Everyone's angry. It's like, I'm not trying to be miserable all day. Like I said, that can come pretty natural to most people, especially in this situation. So I try to stay positive, not just you get suffocated if you just flip on the news all day and watch it because let's be honest, it's going to be really negative. And I'm in the media business. I, I have to be interesting. Advertisers pay the bills. Well, everyone's like, I can't believe what CNN said or Fox News said or MSNBC. Their their job is to try to get people to watch. I know media always loves like it's journalism. Those days ended. Corporate America runs everything. They're trying to do billions of dollars in ad revenue. The more people that watch, the more money they make. Sounds terrible, but it's just the truth. So like, it, it's hard. You gotta. I, I don't really have an answer for it, but that's just. The situation and the reality that we live in when it comes to news. I think we all agree it comes with television, right? With sports. You watch First Take or some of these shows, they're all trying to be provocative. Like We've heard of 18 million ways to judge LeBron James. I can't take it anymore. Now, I'm giving you a little bit of a pass in during mid-corona. you got to come up with some content. Trust me, I started a YouTube channel uh, trying to come up just with different ways to talk about stuff. Hell, we've been lucky on this show that... You know, there's just been a lot of topics. We've had free agency. We've had the draft. But if this goes all summer, you know, I'm going to have to start getting really creative. Luckily, I can get, you know, popping edible. I can be creative. Uh, But I, I give the general managers, and a lot of them, and Thomas Dimitrov had a good point with Peter King. He said, we got kind of a younger group. You know, this is an aggressive group. This is a group that can, like, is pretty technologically advanced. Like, you don't think John Schneider and Thomas Dimitrov, and, you know, Nick Casario and John Lynch can figure this stuff out. This isn't, you know, you, you don't have uh, Bill Polian walking through those doors. These guys are technologically advanced human beings. And the NFL is always on the forefront in terms of, the, right when I was leaving the NFL in, the, in like 2013, the iPads were becoming a huge element to watch tape, to share video. What I've been told, the ability now to like, you want to bring up, watch CD Lamb, I can watch every one of his targets. I can watch every one of his touchdowns. I can watch every one of his drops. The technology now is incredible. And the general managers and the teams, for as weird as the situation is, and and again, I'm not trying to say that this is ideal. You would want a draft room. The power of a draft room is having the people that that have done the work for a year that you trust, that you work with on a daily basis, together. Because it's easier to deal with you get into an argument with your wife. Is it easier to hash it out in person or your girlfriend? Or is it easier to do it over text or the phone? Or Zoom? Of course you'd rather be sitting there on the couch and talking it out than try to talk over the phone. Like that's, it's, it's always easier to get to the bottom of something, whether it's an argument, whether it's a disagreement, and that's something that happens in the draft. A lot of disagreements. We should take this guy, and then you get pushed back, and usually you hash him out, and that's how decisions are made. Even though you've built up to it this whole kind of springtime, right, arguing and setting the board, still the heat of the moment. We should do this. We shouldn't do that. So, yeah, it's going to be a little difficult. But I I think that we have a crew of guys, and ultimately it just speaks to the NFL. Uh, Luckily, general managers are much more adaptable than most coaches, right? This would be very difficult Even though, maybe I'm not giving the coaches enough credit. They've adapted with less practice time. They they adapt pretty well, too. But when you factor in technology and and they're good with the football team, I think this is a little more complicated for them. Though, every time I hear a general manager talk, they're giving their coaching, not just the head head coaches are very adaptable because they have to, but assistant coaches sometimes can get very stuck in their ways because their life is very routine oriented. When you're a scout, you get thrown all sorts of different shit every day. When you're a football coach, basically from the start of training camp till the last game, every day is kind of mapped out. Now, you might have a guy get hurt or a guy get in trouble or something, but you know what's coming every day. Practice, meetings, what you have to do on Monday and Tuesday getting ready. When you're a scout, you never really know what's coming. You're going into different schools. You're getting different stuff thrown at you. It's like whatever. I mean, GMs have random stuff happen to them all the time. And so maybe the scouting community is a little more equipped for this than the coaching community. And again, I'm not talking the head coaches. I'm more talking assistant coaches. But I've, I gotta say, I've come around on this and 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 been really impressed with uh, with the with the group of executives
0: and really excited for this draft. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue, while you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage. And the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply okay let's dive in just some stories around the league i just try to write down seven or eight things that i've seen either in articles or some headlines, and I just write down the headline, and then I'll just tell you what I think about it. One thing I've seen circulating, and, and listen, I, I've met Dimitrov a couple times, and he was really cool to me. I actually like Dimitrov. Uh, I, I know he can look different if you've never met him. Thinks like just He's just a different general manager. But I met one time I met him at a Pac-12 championship game, probably in like 14 and we BS on the, like he couldn't have been any cooler. And I know people that work for him. He's actually a grinder. Uh, I know it's kind of gone. It's been a rough couple years for him. And I know they're kind of capped out, but I actually think he's a good GM. He's made some bold moves. He's made some good moves. Uh, I think for the most part, Dan Quinn was a pretty solid hire. Now they're, they're in a big, there's a huge year for him. But one piece of news that's kind of floating around is, a lot of people feel like the Falcons are going to trade up. And to me, if I'm Arthur Blank, putting myself in Arthur Blank's shoes or, or the fan's shoes, I'm not big on going from like 16, trading a first rounder to get in the top like eight to get a sweet player. Because there's a chance Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov are just not there next year. And I think after last year, they went 7-9, and nine, but they started 1-7. and seven. They're not a player away. Now, I'm not opposed to trading up. But if you're going to make a bold move to go get, like, C.J. Henderson at 8, you can't part with next year's one. And if I'm Arthur Blank, I just don't allow this administration to mess with my future. Uh, They're basically, I mean, we thought they were all going to get fired anyway last year. And now granted, Thomas Dimitrov, you could argue Arthur Blank's one of the more patient owners in the league. He's been there since 08. They've made it to the NFC Championship one year when the Niners beat them, and obviously the Super Bowl debacle. So they've had a couple successful years. They made the playoffs a bunch of times. But I think when you look at their division, are they the second-best team in their division? You go the Saints would be the heavy favorites, as they should be. I think their over-under is like 10.5. Them and the Niners are the highest in the NFC. You know, if the Bucs have a good draft and Tom Brady, you could say that they're the second-best team in that division. I like Bruce Arians a lot more than Dan Quinn. I just again, I'm just hesitant if I'm Arthur Blank to give Thomas Dimitrov some blank canvas. Now I'm not holding his hands behind his back and forcing him to make picks because Arthur Blank doesn't care who you pick. I, I'm just not doing a mortgage the future move. You know, when you, one first rounder is not that big of a deal, but what if we're not good next year? What if the Falcons win six? They go six and ten, and you fire everybody, and you don't have a first round pick. That's that's not ideal. The Jay Glazer news. He teased us, and it turns out uh, the center for the L.A. Rams has the coronavirus, which 24 hours later, Vaughn Miller has the coronavirus. Here's one thing that's been pretty consistent. Uh, they say the coronavirus has been in California. Girl I'm dating got really sick, and it didn't impact me. Sorry I got really sick. I didn't get sick. I was fine. I've, I've heard a lot of people in California that have had this story. Rumors are it's been out west since, like, November. So I think I've heard a lot of stories. The LA Times wrote a big article on it. If you're healthy and you're young, it's pretty, like, all the NBA players are fine. All these NFL players are fine. So I I think some, oh, the Von Miller has it. Yeah, and he's fine. So I, you know, it's like, oh, the dude on the Rams has it. And he's fine. You know, I, I think we kind of, it's, it's a big headline that doesn't actually mean anything. O, Odell Beckham Jr., fake news, trade potential. Dude from the big station in, uh, in New York, WFAN, he tweeted out that he'd heard a rumor that the Minnesota Vikings were going to give a second and a fifth rounder for Odell Beckham Jr. And then a day later, everyone's coming out, it's fake news, not true, and it's been confirmed by a lot of people they are not interested. Paul D. Podesta talked to the media, said it's not true. Here's what I'd red flagged the situation. The Minnesota Vikings just got rid of Stephon Diggs, who was probably half the diva of Odell Beckham. Why would they then go acquire Odell Beckham? Why wouldn't they just kept Diggs, who's already on their team and really productive and good? Why would you go get another Beckham, who's who's be- probably better than Diggs, If I mean is better than Diggs if he's healthy, but way bigger pain in the ass and way more of a diva? So that didn't really make sense. And here's the thing with Cleveland, I've heard some rumors in the NFL, like, they can shoot down all they want. I don't think Odell Beckham is just some made man. I think he would love to be traded out of Cleveland. I know Colin has talked a lot about this. Uh he's got, you know, home Paris, LA. Like he doesn't really fit in Cleveland. But you did give up the 17th pick for him. I, I'm just not into the business of giving him away for a second round pick. Because if I could if I was another team, a contender, and I could have Odell Beckham for a second round pick, I'd be all over that. I think he would be traded on draft night if you can have him for a second round pick. I saw this, I think uh, Bob McGinn, who forever wrote for the paper that covers the Packers. He now writes for The Athletic. He writes great stuff around the draft. He reaches out to a bunch of scouts, a bunch of executives, and gets raw material. And gets raw quotes. And the media always gets up in arms. I can't believe an anonymous scout would say that about John Middlecoff. I can't believe that guy said that about Justin Herbert. Well, Do you you want the quotes or not? Because that's what people are saying about them. We don't have to agree with everything. But sometimes I get tired of the media getting down on the anonymous scout. Here's a newsflash. Unless you're the general manager, you're not allowed to put your name on it. So every quote you have is quote-unquote anonymous. Here's what also a newsflash. You know what the media loves doing is getting those quotes. Why? Because they're great material. It's fantastic reading. It's by far the best. And sometimes the quotes, you know what? They're uncomfortable. Do you know what a draft room conversation is? Uncomfortable. Can you imagine if the media actually had access to what was said in draft rooms? How uncomfortable they would be? And that's just, and I'm not saying every conversation is right, but these are the conversations you have when you're talking about giving someone, I don't know, 20, 30 million dollars and investing a very, very important draft pick, which is an asset for any organization, into a player. You better nitpick them. You know who I don't need to nitpick as much? the dude I'm paying 80 grand out of college, he can be a little bit of a slappy. But if, if a guy has been arrested a couple times or I don't think loves football, I get to nitpick that if I'm about to give him $20 million. But one comparison I saw in Bob McGinn's article was that someone had comp- compared Ruggs, the wide receiver from Alabama, the speed guy who runs in the four twos and who hauls ass to Tyreek Hill. And he said Ruggs a lot better than Tyreek Hill coming out of college, which I would tend to agree to. Here's my problem, though, with comparisons. And I think you often hear the comps are, whenever you get a speed guy, his comps are always going to be Deshaun Jackson or Tyree Kill. Because you would never comp a guy in the first round to like, yeah, you know who he reminds me of? Marquise Goodwin of the Niners. Oh, you know who he reminds me of? Uh, John Ross of the Bengals. Because they'd be like, well, we're not taking that guy in the first round. You notice every single player, who does Chase Young and remind you of? Ah, Von Miller mixed with Bosa. Oh, who does Jerry Judy remind you of? Oh, Mari. Who does CeeDee Lamb remind you of? Oh, Devontae. Who does Akuda remind you? Oh, Darrell Rivas. Every comp of every dude that's going to go high is a sweet player. Well, we know the reality is 50% of the players drafted in the first round are not even going to be good, let alone pro bowlers and just Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and, you know, uh, Carson Wentz. We just, and, I, and I'm guilty, too. Like, listen, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to be a hypocrite here. I, I do those comps too. But do you understand that Tyreek Hill, one, he I, in this article they wrote, the average the average Wunderlich score for the wide receiver group in this year's class is actually pretty low. The average Wunderlich score for a Pro Bowl wide receiver the last five years has been 21. The average Wunderlich score for wide receivers in this draft is like 17. And I know Coach Reed has told me this multiple times, and Hill's Wonderlic score was a 27. But Andy would tell you, Tyreek is really football smart. You don't you tell him something once and he's got it, and that's that's ideal what you want in a football player. You want your guy to be really good, like Tyreek, and then you want him to be smart. So when they're good and smart, the sky's the limit. And Tyreek Hill also went to Coach Reed, who's a, offensive innovating genius he went to patrick mahomes who looks like one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen he went to a team that has i don't know one of the best tight ends in the league in kelsey he went to a team that has had countless other wide receivers hauling ass around him and a good offensive line like he went to a great situation there's a chance that if rugs goes to the wrong team it doesn't look the same now if you tell me rugs went to kyle shanahan or doug peterson i go yeah it probably works But if you tell me Ruggs goes to, like, I don't know, the Panthers, or I'm just throwing out the Jaguars, it might not look good. You are, the wide receiver position, and just like any position, is very dependent on who's scheming you open and who's throwing you the football. So I just think sometimes when you read these comps, you got to take them all with a grain of salt because you'll never read a comp, you know who this guy reminds me of? That dude on the Cowboys practice squad. Yeah, he reminds me. What what pick are you taking? Oh, top 10? Yeah, it reminds me of that guy. Everything. It's like, yeah, I think this guy's like Brett Favre. Or, you know, this. You know he, he's got a little Terrell Owens in him. I mean Because that's what's fun. We, the NBA draft's worse. Every dude in the NBA draft's like, yeah, if he just dribbles a little better, you know, it'll be Klay Thompson. You know, he's got a little uh, James Harden to his game. You know, I'm not saying he's LeBron, but he's like a LeBron. No, he's not a no. You know? <laughs> The, the percentage of wide receivers, let's say of the top 10 wide receivers drafted in this draft in the first couple rounds, so like the 10 first wide receivers that are taken, from CD and Judy all the way down to whoever the 10th guy is, I think there's a chance that five of them bust. And when I say bust, just aren't good. You know, and probably two or three of them, probably two of them are pro bowlers, and maybe the next two are just like solid starters. That's just, it's the nature of the beast. Uh, I saw Dak... He is not going to do any of the virtual off-season program. Do you know the way you get something in the NFL? Truly get something in the NFL? And it sucks. It shouldn't be like this. But it's just, it's the way the economic, you know, set for these players is with the franchise tag. You got to hold out. You have to hold out. Now, holding out virtually will be a lot different than if they were just having normal OTAs because obviously the media would be at practice and it would be a really big deal. I actually don't think it'll be a big story on Twitter and stuff, but it won't be as feel as big of a story if actual people were practicing. But if training camps start, and I think they're going to, uh, I hope they're going to the move for Dak will be, if he does not have a new contract is not to show up under no circumstances. Can you show up because the guys in recent memory that have drawn a hard line, non running backs have worked Khalil, Aaron Donald, Julio Jones. Did Julio hold out? I can't even remember. But I say the same thing about George Kittle. George Kittle, because of tight ends, the comps are pretty crappy. Like, if he wants legit money, he's got to hold out. Like, Christian McCaffrey just signed a team-friendly deal. My recommendation to Christian McCaffrey would have been, hold out. Do not show up. They'll pay you. Uh, Because, again, it's unfair. you got to be a little selfish. You know, it's a team-oriented game, but to get your money, you have to hold out. So unless they give Dak whatever the hell he's looking for, and again, I, I'm i on Team Cowboy Jerry here. I'm not giving him $35 million. I think $30 is more than fair. It's like, Dak, we're, we're giving you $110 million guaranteed. I think you've won one playoff game. Can, can you, You're you not going to sign that? Like, What do you think you're worth? Who do you think you are? But if you do want to get that money and at least force their hand, maybe get an extra couple million dollars, hold out. Uh Oh, Pellisaro, Tom Pellisaro writes for, uh, or I guess he's a TV guy, he used to write... For USA Today. I guess he still writes a little for NFL.com. Uh, he. I saw he had. He compared a bunch of stuff. He, he pulled 12 general managers. I think 8 of the 12 said that they have. two. Excuse me. They have Herbert. As their second quarterback on their board. So that means over Tua. He said one thing though. That made me laugh. He said a lot of coaches. Are comparing Jake Fromm. Who the quarterback from Georgia. To Chase Daniel. And I'm like. That's one of those things, back to the comps, that's a red flag. I Googled it. Chase Daniels has seven touchdowns and five interceptions in his career. When Chase Daniels, he's a cool backup until he has to play. I like Chase Daniels at Missouri. Not a good pro. Now, he's a high-character guy. People like having him around. He's smart, but he can't play. So I think sometimes when you get in bed as a coach with those type players because you love them, I bet if, if I knew Chase, he'd be my friend. I like to drink beer with him, talk sports, play golf, hang out. He seems like a great guy. I know people that have had him on their teams. They love him. He's just not very good. And the problem is when your backup quarterback is that guy, you're like, God, I love this guy, man. We love having him in the building. And then he has to play, and he stinks. You're screwed. You know who the best are? Like Nick Foles. We're like, you know, Nick Foles are our backup. This guy's just a high-character guy. We love having this guy in the building. And then he has to play, and you're like, okay, he can function. Not bad. It works. You're like, okay, this is cool. Ideally, you'd want, like, Jimmy Garoppolo when you had Tom Brady as your starter. But most teams, you know, you got to set like, Teddy Bridgewater, the the uh, the Saints the last couple of years. They probably think, we love Teddy. God, this guy, he's high character, he's always smiling, he works his ass off, he's always prepared. Boom, Drew Brees breaks his thumb. Then it goes from, like, okay, can this guy play? And then Teddy can. You're like, okay, this is cool. I need my backup quarterback to be able to play. I, I, I can't get into a situation where he's just a good guy. Because being a good guy can't overweigh your talent as a backup quarterback. Because I'm one broken foot, I'm one broken finger, I'm one broken clavicle from that guy having to start. And depending on how bad the injury is, he might have to start eight games. Worst case, he got to start the rest of the season. But even if it's a month, can I can I win? Can I go 500 with him? Can I win three or four games with him? Because Chase Daniels, you can't. So if Jake Fromm is Chase Daniels, I I, I can't put I can't draft him. I I can't, I can't do it. with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com credit card. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. At thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative, Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because, like most 16 year old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers, I need to tint out the windows. at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Okay, let's get into the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram handle. Give me a follow. Slide up into those DMs. Also my Twitter handle. Uh try to spend a little less time on Twitter during quarantine. It's God, it's a negative environment. But Instagram's fun. Instagram is a is a fun place and it's where I interact with you guys. Love the podcast. Was curious if you could give your picks on the teams that are going to make the biggest jumps this upcoming season and which teams you think are going to go fall back. Well, to me, that topic and that question, I like it. That that has Corona mid-May written all over it. So I'll get to that once we know the draft picks. I would say one team off the top of my head that I, I would expect to be a playoff team would be Tampa Bay. Tampa hasn't made the playoffs in 12 years. You sign Bruce Arians. You have a quarterback that throws an in unlimited interceptions. I, we've talked about this a lot, but I, I think Tampa, if Tom Brady can stay healthy, which historically, I mean, he doesn't miss any games, uh, beside when he gets to Deflategate and Grigson turns him in. But that Tom Brady, they're a playoff team. But other than that, I actually think the Cardinals. I don't know how much better, but I think they're going to be sneaky. But well, this this will be a good off season again. The offseason, mid Corona might be a might be a different off season. Aspiring scout here. During your time as a scout, what would you say was the best and worst parts of your job? Also, would you recommend it as a career, and what is the best way to go about getting started in the profession? Why well, I, I tell everyone that asks the best way to get into player personnel in football is to start in college. So if you if you're DMing me from you're at school, start working for your school's football program. If you're in Division One, I, I mean you can't ask for anything better. I was at Cal Poly. I got involved that way, and one thing led to another, and I got a GA job at Fresno State. The best part of my job is, you know, I'd say being part of something bigger than yourself. You know, being part of a team, working with a bunch of high-level people. Uh, I I was lucky enough to be a part of a high-level organization, you know, being around players every day. You know, when you're an evaluating your when you're when you're an evaluator, I, I do think it helps to work in the office. I mean, that's a really cool experience. It, it led me moving across the country, which I never would have moved to Philly in a million years. Uh, winning. I mean, game days are cool. Uh, as a college scout, going into all these universities. I mean, from SC to UW to Oregon, I only did the West Coast. So I mean a lot of these schools I never, you know, go into all their going to games and that that stuff was cool. The worst part were just I mean it was a grind. You drive you know, if you have the SEC everything is pretty close together. If you have the West Coast, I mean Salt Lake City to LA to Oregon to Washington to Montana to the Arizona schools. I even had UTEP went right by Juarez. actually I had a good night out in El Paso. <laughs> it was sweet. I was there a couple nights. Spent a lot of time in Vegas. It's just, you spend so much time driving. Uh, And I hate that to this day. I I hate wasting time driving. Now, we all know sometimes in traffic, but God, I mean, there's a difference between being in traffic for 45 minutes and going on a four-hour drive at 4 o'clock to get somewhere at 8 o'clock and then having to do work. And then, I mean, one thing that I like a lot more in my own job is I control a lot. And I think I was destined to, like, I have to be able to control. Probably why I'm destined to, I I have to own my own business. I have to be an entrepreneur. Because I always kind of push back. You know, I I always, whether this is a character flaw or whatever, think that, like, I kind of, I have a good feel for things. And, you know, at least with Chip Kelly, before Chip got there, it was pretty open. You could talk about whatever. But I saw with Chip. And I think a lot of teams are like this. You know, it's just like, it's the end-all, be-all with the coach. And it's like, this is... Especially now, I mean, a lot of coaches run personnel from Bill O'Brien. Obviously, it works with Belichick, but it just can be very, very hit or miss, you know, when, when it's like that. And pay, I mean, the pay was not good. I think, you know, I made forty-five, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 those couple years on the road. But again, I was 25, 26. Money didn't matter as much as it definitely does to me now. And it's still, I'm not a big money guy, but it was like, you know, that, that was, you don't make much starting out. Now, if you become a general manager, you know, you can make millions of dollars. I guess if you become a scouting director, you can make six figures. Uh, obviously, coaches make a lot. You know, you, the coaches make a lot more than, you know, executives, non-GMs. You know, your player personnel, your scouting director, your SEC scout is not make, I mean, your, your quarterback coach in the NFL might make seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars 800000 Your tight end coach in the NFL might make three, four $400,000. Think about that. How does your college scouting director not make $500,000 every single team? That's just not the case. So that the money was tough. Uh, I, I also think like any job, when you spend that much time doing it, you know, it just, I like other sports a lot. I, I'm a big golfer. I love watching. I'm a big basketball, baseball. I like watching other sports. You're, you're pretty locked into football a large percentage of the year. Obviously, during the season, during the fall, which is easy, but even during the draft process, you spend so... I'd say here's the other worst part. It's what I don't have to do now, and I don't miss it at all. As a scout, you spend so much time watching crappy players relative to the NFL. So you're watching fifth round through like undrafted free agents because, I mean, you still watch, obviously, the top guys... But you're not who you're going to take in the first round is somewhat at it. You don't have anything to do with it. They're coming to you in the mid rounds and, and the undrafted free agents. And I got bored watching those guys. And I, I heard Mayock say the other day he likes watching the late round guys and thinks it's more important than the early round guys. And that's probably true. But that, and that's why Mayock was meant to be a GM. I, I'm meant to be in the media. I, I can talk about first rounders all day long. Or even now, if you're an undrafted free agent and you get to the league and you're good, I'll talk about you. Or you're a fifth or sixth rounder, you become Tom Brady, Richard Sherman, George Kittle, I got no problem, you know? But I I can't pretend to get super fired up on some seventh round pick the day of the draft because the majority of those guys are going to be out of the league in a couple years. So I, I, I get, I like talking about the sweet players. Listen to the podcast all the time while I do my homework. I appreciate that. I wish I had podcasts to listen to back when I had homework. As a Chiefs fan, I've been begging for a corner for a while, but now we need a linebacker. Should the Chiefs stay at 32 and get a linebacker or a corner or trade back to the second round? Well, if you can trade back to the second round and, let's say, move back three or four spots and get an extra third-round pick, here's where the Chiefs are at. They have a quarterback that's about to make $35-plus plus million And Chris Jones, I think Veach said today that their plan is to sign him long-term. So I think the key is going to be to have cheap labor. Well, like I said, it's really hard to hit on fifth, sixth, seventh round picks, but second and third rounders, you should be able to get starters there. So, if you're the Chiefs and you already have a second round pick and you've got a third, if you can trade back and get another second or third round pick, and then all of a sudden you have two twos and a three, or or two twos and two threes, you might be able to get three cheap starters, which is going to be key for the ch- not big picture. I mean, I think they're returning twenty of twenty two starters. I think the Chiefs have a chance. If you remember in 2010, the Green Bay Packers won the Super Bowl. In 2011, they went 15 and 1. That was the year of the Giants. I think Conflin's face froze off and they beat him in the NFC Championship game, or maybe they beat him in the second round. Yeah, they beat him in the second round because they beat the Niners in the conference championship. So that wasn't the face freeze game. I think that was 2007. My point is, I think the Chiefs could come back and be by far the best team in the league. Now, the Ravens' record might be really good, but as we've seen, they don't do much in the playoffs. Like The Chiefs go 15-1. and one. <laughs> They might be the heavy favorites. So I I, w- I wouldn't be shocked to see them trade back. Hey, John, been listening to the three and out pod since day one. Favorite pod to listen to. Appreciate that. I'm a big Bears fan and was wondering if you have any thoughts to what they might be able to do in the draft. They have two picks in the top 50, and I've seen them taking corners and no linemen in a few mocks. Clearly, they still think Mitch is a big part of the plans, so do you think the most sense to try and surround him with as many solid weapons and try to upgrade the line play? With Kyle Long retiring and losing Prince and HaHa in free agency, what do you think they should do and would be able to do in the draft? Well, their defense is loaded, right? They have a great defensive front. Trevathan's coming back. Roquan got hurt, but he'll be back. They still have Eddie Jackson, they still have Fuller, so you could add a corner a little later in the draft, and I think they got some guys on the roster that I've been told that they like. They need a tight end. Now, this is a bad tight end draft. Would you trade one of those second-rounders for O.J. Howard? I would think about it. And I think Mike Lombardi said on his podcast, O.J. Howard's on the trading block. I would think about trading one of those second-rounders for O.J. Howard. I would probably use the other one on offensive linemen. But I also am not of the school of thought that like Mitch is some sacred cow here. Uh, I would imagine in the next, I don't know, month or whenever the fifth-year option deadline is, which is usually either June 15th or July 15th, Mr. Biscay's not going to have his fifth-year option picked up. Nick Foles is probably going to be the starter. Will Likely never happen, but thought how cool it would be to dr- if the NFL delayed the draft for another month and allowed their next crop of college recruits, Trevor Lawrence Fields, to declare for this year's in-case college season was canceled. Love the show. That would be pretty nuts. I also think that would be really, really unfair. Like, the teams don't have any information on those guys. I mean, those quarterbacks will get drafted high, but, yeah, that would that'd be a complicated situation. One of these quarterbacks, who is better? Jeff Garcia, Alex Smith, or Jimmy G? Well, I would say Alex is the most consistent Garcia, when he was on, was a stud. I think he went to four Pro Bowlers. Four Pro Bowls. Jimmy is the unknown. So if I had to rank him, if I just had to win one game, I'd probably go Garcia, Jimmy, Alex. Don't don't sleep on Garcia. That dude could play. Question for the Middlecoff Mailbag. A lot of mock drafts and analysts have talked about the Lions moving out of the three spot, so the Dolphins or Chargers can move up and get their quarterback. Ignoring Joe Burrow, of course. Does the fact that the Lions seem to be dead set on a Cuda hurt their value at number three pick? If they trade down, they're still likely to be playing. They're still likely to get the play they want, the player they want, fifth or sixth pick. Would the Chargers or Dolphins be aware of that and then offer less capital in a trade as that of that result? kind of greedy, I've got a second question. I, I would say, yeah. If those teams know for a fact who you want and know you can still get them there, then you can't rake them over the coals. But, I also think what you read in you know, mock drafts and stuff does not mean that's what the actual team knows. So, I, I would say I wouldn't put that much stock into who mock drafts having the Lions take. But, if they do know who you're going to take, yes, that limits your ability. Kind of greedy, I've got a second question. Well, Mid-corona, why not? If you're the Chargers and you're set on Tua as your franchise guy, but he is already taken, are you comfortable taking your second-choice quarterback on the board and pretending he was your choice all along, or would you rather go for the best player available at another position and wait for another go at the draft next time around? That's a good question. I would not take a player I don't like at five. So if if you want Tua and you get Justin Herbert and you don't think Justin Herbert's a top five pick, I can't take him there. Or vice versa. If Herbert goes and I'm not thinking Tua's good enough, I can't take him. That's the whole point of the draft process. You set your board, you value where guys go. If you don't think the guy's a franchise quarterback, you can't take him at five. End of story. I, I, I think it's really that simple, despite how important quarterbacks are. I'd rather, hell, I'd go sign Jameis. Go sign Cam. That's the other thing. Jameis and Cam are still out there. Hell, Andy Dalton's out there. Like, I, I, I'm i just not taking a quarterback. I'm not saying I, I believe in those two guys. I definitely, I believe more in Herbert probably than Tua just because Tua injury. But I'm just, I'm just not taking one
0: of those guys. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an
1: assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com credit card. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Hey, John, big fan of the pod. Enjoyed the comparison of the draft and the stock market last episode. I'm a recent college grad working in finance, but my dream job would be working in a salary cap department or just a finance department for a team. I was wondering if you had any insight on what a salary cap finance department looks like for a team and what be the best way to get into one. Well, I think a lot of salary cap guys, they went to law school, right? So they went undergrad, did whatever, and then they get a law degree and that helps them write contracts. Now, the finance department... To me, there's a difference with the finance department that are involved in ticket sales. They're involved in signage. That's, I mean, if you've got a good degree and you've been working for whatever finance company, you, you can obtain that job. Now, you usually have to start in at more of a sales position, right? Cold calling, maintaining relationships, but the salary cap position, I would say most guys in the league, the salary cap negotiators, have a law degree uh that sounds about it so we got all the questions so keep firing questions uh shorter pod today enjoy the weekend enjoy the quarantine try to stay positive enjoy some good food have a couple cocktails and uh a week away baby draft time let's do it godspeed stay safe And you will not believe where he's going
0: next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health.